Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Scouts podcast, episode number 26, coming at you on Wednesday, September 15th. I am your host, Chad Workman, joined by Sam Ehrman. We are here to talk you through week one. A lot of crazy things happened this week. I felt like we had to wait forever for this season to get here, but man, was it worth the wait. What a great week one. Um, before we jump into it, want to remind you, head on over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts, uh, subscribe to our content. We are running things for free this first week of the season. So you can go and check things out there and on ffballallday.com. We've got weekly articles, excuse me, daily articles coming out every week. We got waiver wire stuff, uh, Thursday night previews, uh, weekly recaps, all that good stuff. And while you're doing that, check out Thrive app. Um, It's a fantasy app. We are partnering with them. If you use the code FFSCOUTS, they match your deposit. So head on over there, deposit some money. If your fantasy team's already 0-1 and and you're down on it, uh, head on over to Thrive because you can do that every weekend. It doesn't matter how your fantasy team's doing. So uh, with that, let's get into week one. Sam, uh, crazy week one, wasn't it? And it ended on a crazier note with that Monday night game. That was just absurd. But um, it's just you and I today. So I think uh, we can just kind of run through things and talk about what stood out to us. I know you have a lot of thoughts. So where do you want to start? Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense to start at the one o'clock hour. um, And Russ and the Seahawks, I mean, they looked great. I mean, even though defense looked great, um, the defensive line was probably the most dominant force all day. Um, they dominated that Colts line. Um, I mean, JT really didn't have very much places to run most of the time. I mean, he broke one eventually and eventually scored, but, I mean, it wasn't a great showing for the Colts week one. Um, Carson was – I mean, get, Carson got the snot beat out of him. I think he was hit 15 times, um, and that's not okay. I mean, the dude's made a glass. And you're supposed to have the best offensive line in the league. Um, I think that week one performance for the Colts offensively across the board. Um, I don't think anybody's happy. Um, Seattle, um, I mean, Chris Carson had a decent game, but not for fantasy. And then, um, I mean, Chris Carson, I mean, uh, Russell Wilson obviously had a great game. And I mean, DK had a decent game and Tyler Lockett had, you know, scored twice. So, I mean, I was very encouraged with the Seahawks offense because I, I kind of knew what to expect. I had been paying a lot of attention um, and you saw kind of the new mix in of the offense. And I mean, I think overall, like I'd be pretty excited if I was a Seahawks fan and rostering a lot of Seahawks. I would too, especially because we've heard this before about, you know, letting Russ cook and, and it, it never really works out, but, Shane Waldron coming in, we know he wanted to bring a more up-tempo style of offense, and I think we saw that. And so I think there's a lot to be optimistic about with with Russ and in this passing game. So I'm excited for that. Um, and as far as the Colts, it's just strange to me that no matter 
where Carson Wentz is or what the team looks like, their offensive line always seems to suck. Like, is that a product of him holding the ball too long and just like, like, cause the Colts are supposed to have the best offensive line in the league. And I know they they had some injuries and, and things like that, but it just seems like wherever Wentz is playing, the offensive line is a disaster. I was wondering the same thing. And I think Chris Titans said the same thing today too. He's like, you know, like maybe it wasn't the Colts line. Maybe it wasn't the Eagles line because that Eagles line was like fifth in the PFF grades this past week. I mean, like Jalen Hurts wasn't taking hits. I mean, they didn't, you know, like. Right. And then, so he goes to the best offensive line and gets, I mean, the snot beat out of him. I, I think part of it's probably Carson not knowing what he's doing. I mean, he's still learning the offense. I mean, he missed a big chunk of training camp, um, you know, due to the foot. So, I mean, like he's probably still learning, uh, you know, holding the ball. And, I mean, once you hold the ball for, you know, that extra half Mississippi in the NFL, that's too late. I mean, yeah. in the end of this league, you have to be precise. And Carson didn't look like he knew what he was doing Sunday. Um, I mean, footwork and everything was kind of just wild. Um, and the fact that, I mean, they almost won that game was – and another, I mean, I don't remember the score of that. So it was, maybe. yeah, it was twenty-eight to sixteen. I mean, they were in the game for sure. No, uh, I, I, no. To be honest with you, I remember. No, now you say that, like I do remember watching that, and it was like not very competitive. It was kind of like garbage time for the Colts that they kind of moved down the field and had relevancy. Yeah, I mean, Seattle was up twenty-one ten at half, and you kind of knew at that point that it it was it was pretty much over. Uh, but you well, know they were they were within striking distance. But I, what about Mike Strong? Or I mean, you know, because like I mean, all off season it was Michael Pittman and you know Paris Campbell's healthy and oh don't forget T Y Hilton. Well T Y Hilton's out now and the guy who stepped up the most was you know that big Pascal. strong kid. Well uh, Pascal, Pascal and Pascal and they paid Pascal like Pascal like is like vastly underrated in my opinion. He uh, is. And he's not somebody I ever really think about. Like, right. Nobody ever does. Like, they paid him this offseason. Like, they didn't give him, you know, like he's not there just to, you know, play around. Like he plays. Like he, he's not a bad football player. Right. And he played 91% of the st- percent of the snaps compared to 61% for Paris Campbell. So he's obviously well ahead of, of Paris Campbell um, in two wide receiver sets. Uh, Campbell's. I don't know. He's got to show us something soon for us to kind of hang on to the hope that he can be anything. But Pittman was kind of a letdown. And then, yeah, the kid, the kid Strachan is. Well, it's it's like Strachan, but like I read somewhere, it's like pronounced strong. Okay. Strong. So he, yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic on him. He, he profiles as a, as a. He looks good. I mean, he had a great catch up the seam on third down route. I mean, he's on the field. Like he's not just you know, rotating in, like, he's getting a decent amount of snaps. Like, kind of seems to me between, like, it's a three-man race between those three young guys. Yeah, I would agree with that. Pascal seems like the guy who's clearly the – at least in week one and prior seasons, he's going to play a lot. For sure. And I think the other thing, too, is that I was uh, pleasantly surprised, I guess, that the two running backs, Taylor and Hines – Taylor got seven targets, Hines got eight. So, perhaps – since there's not really like a major alpha receiver on this offense, the running backs can both catch passes because JT caught six for 60. And if he's going to do that this year, he he's going to have a big year. Let me ask you this. Maybe this is a week one overreaction, 
But I mean, history tells us Zach Pascal is going to be involved. Is it possible that you know he ends up being like the leading receiver for the Colts? I think it is. Like and I don't think nobody's ever talked about that. Like I mean, like Zach Pascal is a decent player. Yeah. No, I think that's possible. I, I mean, I would still probably you know bet on Pittman, but like I yeah. think it's definitely possible that Pascal does. I mean, Pittman. Well, I mean, where was it? Like he was on the field. He just didn't. I mean, like. He just never got the look. I mean, like, I don't know if he wasn't open. I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe it's Carson. I mean, like I said, not knowing what he's doing, um, playing on instinct. It's week one. Don't overreact. So maybe we can switch up to another one o'clock game. Um, yeah, that's fair. Pascal has had, I mean, six over 600 yards the last two years. So it's not like he's, you know, never done anything. So he's been kind of on the upward trend. So, yeah, he's interesting. But um Let's move on to another one o'clock game. What about Houston and Jacksonville? Because I think that was probably one of the most shocking performances, in my opinion. I mean, like I think everybody kind of expected the Texans to go out there and just get rolled because they have no talent. And it was the polar opposite. And then you hear all this stuff about Urban Meyer going to the USC. What a is, mess. Is Trevor Lawrence and Dynasty danger i don't think so he's gonna have a new head coach next year like do do, like he so he's going into year two and you can pretty much like pencil it in he's gonna have a new head coach right i don't i don't know if we can be that sure though i mean it doesn't seem like urban's in love with it i mean and michael lombardi coming out and saying you know and aj hawk even on the pat McAfee show today saying like yeah there's guys in columbus who know like he kind of wants to go back to college you know like nfl's not sitting well for him like the nfl is a different game and it takes some adjusting to get used to because you're in college and you know these all those 17 18 19 year old kids who you're telling what to do and now you're walking into a locker room and i remember my first day like i'm up in cleveland i had to go to the airport and pick up uh somebody and i was no like this guy in my mind was a millionaire and i was you know like it's like who the hell am i to give this guy instructions Right. I mean, granted, he probably ended up getting cut later. It was probably some practice squad guy who's never even been heard of. But, like, you have to, like I, – I, I don't think he succeeds in the NFL. I never did. Um, I mean, you're hearing the players are miserable. The dude's an absolute, like, raging dick, apparently. I, I didn't like what I saw. I mean, I saw way too much Carlos Hyde, for example. So, I, I – Yeah, mean, I, I, I think you're right. Um, I don't think he – even if he doesn't willingly just leave, I, it just seems like he has too much of an ego to succeed in the NFL. You can't have that big of an ego when you're dealing with these million dollar athletes and superstar athletes. It's more about the players than, um, you know, the coach's ego at this level. So I do agree with that, but I think, it, it, you know, as far as Lawrence, like he, he was very much up and down, but he still didn't have a bad game. You know, he ended up throwing for what was it over 300 yards. He had 21 fantasy points. So, I mean, you know, I, I think he's going to struggle and it's going to be up and down year for him and urban Meyer, but I think he's going to put up numbers regardless. And I don't disagree. I'm just like very, all of a sudden after week one, like you're very nervous about James Robinson. Like it was all jokes and games. Oh, ha, ha, this year's James Robinson is James Robinson. 
Well, no, that's not seems the case because he it was eleven carries for both of those guys. That's not no. good for Hyde and Robinson. Yeah, it was eleven carries for both. No, Robinson only Hyde got nine. Robinson got five, but I think they had that Hyde had 11. 11, 11 touches to. Oh yeah, okay, eleven touches. But that's, that's very worrisome. Oh, for sure. I I think my hope is that because. James Robinson outsnapped him by almost double. I think he was had a 60 some percent snap share where Hyde was at 30 something. So my hope is that like, you know, J Rob was on the field more, maybe the game got away from urban a little bit and he kind of lost sight of that, but either way, like you have to be concerned. So I guess, what do you do with these guys going forward? I mean, can you, uh, James Robinson against Denver next week, you can't. I don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable starting him after what I saw that Denver defense look like last week. Yeah. On top of, I, I just expect them to be down early, and then they're going to drop back and pass. Right. And I, I don't agree. see how many carries. You know, like I just think that last week's usage was very concerning, and maybe you know it's just a week one thing, but it's a lot Even of if- work for Carlos Hyde. It is. And even if Robinson gets more work next week and that's more encouraging, it's a tough matchup. They're probably going to be trailing. And, uh, you know, I don't see how you feel confident playing either of these guys right now. But um, the wide receivers, I was a little bummed with Visca just because they mostly used him like short area targets. Shark got a lot of the downfield deep stuff. Um, and then, you know, Jones was kind of involved all over the field, but 12 targets for shark nine for Marvin Jones and nine for Visca. So they're all going to get targets. I'm just a little worried about the a dot for Visca. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you are too far off. Um, they wasted a lot of shots on DJ Chark. That's um, true. You don't drop back and consistently throw the ball to DJ Chark. Not, not a lot of good things are going to happen. Um, it's just such a situational awareness like that worried me um, with the coaching staff, but I, I think they all, you know, they all, I, I think that receiving room is going to be like a week to week, like who's it going to be? Because all three of those guys can play. Right. Got to hope that you start the right one. And it's not ideal if you have a LaVisca, but LaVisca, I think LaVisca is the best player. And I think he eventually like, you know, becomes the guy. Um, it may be a little bit slower than people wanted, and that's fine, but he's still a good football player. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's the best way to look at it. I'm just mostly worried about this coaching staff. Um, not a lot to say about the Texans. I mean, Ingram had a good day, but not a guy you really should want that much. Brandon Cooks, I mentioned before, not to forget about him because the dude just puts up numbers consistently, and Tyrod looked his way often, and Cooks had five for 132, so – don't forget about him, um, but I don't see much to talk about on the Texans. Yeah, and- I think that was pretty much it. I mean, yeah, I I mean, if, if you need a flex start next week and you're desperate, go pick up Ingram, but, like, I'm sorry you're there. Yeah, exactly. That's that's how I feel, too. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about Justin Herbert. And- yeah, I – I was just going to mention the Chargers uh, um, Washington game. So I know Justin Herbert's fantasy performance wasn't great, um, but he looked incredible. 
Um, I was watching the game at one point, and the announcer said that they had dealt with six drops from the receivers in um, the Chargers, um, and that was in the third quarter. So I assume they maybe had another one or two. Um, I mean, Justin Herbert was dealing. Um, completed 14 or 17 passes on third down, got 10 first downs. Um, I mean, he only had 15 fantasy points, and he did throw an interception, and he got baited. I mean, it was a heck of a play by defense. Um, so that one, I mean, like, you know, got away from a little bit. Um, and he did have a fumble. Um, it's just he threw the ball 25 yards into the end zone, and they called it a fumble. Um, and then it was a touchback. Um, so it kind of hurt his fantasy value. You know I mean, then he had some rushing, but, I mean, it wasn't a whole lot. Um I thought he looked great. Um, so I don't want anybody to be discouraged about his fantasy production. And besides, I mean, like you knew that was going to be a tough matchup against arguably the best front seven in the NFL. Yeah. I was thinking that as well. That was one of the tougher matchups from a, uh, and he still sliced diced them. He just, yeah. I mean, like there was a few drops. I mean, like, I think there was two plays in a row. Mike Williams dropped like easy receptions. Um, and if you're wanting PPR and fantasy, Austin Eckler, um, he didn't, he wasn't really involved in the past game. Yeah. He did not receive a single target and that is just so bizarre, but it's really interesting to me because it looks like, so I've been kind of preaching Larry Roundtree as him being kind of the, the number two back in this offense, which typically has some fantasy value. It looks like he's the number two guy. Justin Jackson is more Eckler's backup, but what's weird to me Roundtree got eight carries, so he mixed in, but Eckler got all of the goal line usage in terms of carrying the ball, but he didn't receive a single target. So I don't really know what to make of that because, I mean, they're obviously going to target him going forward. There's no way they don't. I think they probably go back and look at this film and say, okay, we have to target Eckler. But if he's getting goal line usage and the targets, he could, he could be a monster. But if he's only getting one or the other, you know, that's kind of, that's well, kind of worrisome. He's really been a touchdown monster the way it is. His value's always been in receptions. Um, if he doesn't get those, he doesn't really have any value. It's like James White. But I think he's a little bit better of a player than James White. But that's not, that's not sure. the point. I think, you know, they go back and like, okay, we got to get, you know, Eckler the ball more. Like, it's the same thing they're doing in Vegas right now. Holy shit, did you see what Brian Edwards did in the fourth quarter? Maybe we should throw him the ball more. They're probably right. doing the same thing right now. Um, with Austin Eckler. I'm not worried about it. And he had the same issue last year. Week one came out and I mean, he didn't get very many targets and people were like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Phillip Rivers is gone. Austin Eckler doesn't get the targets abandoned ship. And I mean, week one last year, I mean, you were buying Austin Eckler on the cheap. It just, I right. mean, he ended up getting an injury later down the season that didn't help you. But I mean, the reality is he's going to get his volume. Um, you just got to be patient. People are freaking out. Go take advantage of him. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And I think I, oh, I just, I just, I think Roundtree is um, like still an interesting guy for Dynasty, and just if you have a deep roster. But if again, I was kind of preaching him because I thought if he earned that role, he'd get the goal line work. Which if he's not going to, then only Eckler's the only playable one. Yeah, um, wide receivers. Keenan Allen's a superstar. He's a target hog. Uh, great performance. You would have liked to see him get in the end zone, but I mean, some weeks you're going to get there, some weeks you won't. Um, Mike Williams. 
I don't understand Mike Williams' need to jump for every ball that's thrown his way and then land really hard. That's why he gets hurt so much. Yeah, it is exactly why he gets hurt so much. It's so uh, bizarre. But, he, you know, with, I mean, 12 targets, eight for 82, one touchdown. If he can stay healthy, like, he's at least in the wide receiver three mix, maybe, you know, wide receiver two. I think you can trot him out there pretty pretty confidently most weeks if if uh you know assuming he's healthy i would like to see another week like the way i do things for fantasy is one's a dot two's a trend um three's a i think i messed that up i think we know what you mean though oh three's a line yeah yeah yeah. one's a dot two's a trend three's a line i don't know how i messed that up i just like i blanked right there um i would like to see him do it again before i get too excited it could be an outlier I mean, that, that was an outlier for his career. So, I mean. You know. he, yeah, I mean, he's had big games here and there, but he's just never put string together. A really, That's why I say, like, I just want yeah. to see him string them together. Um, yeah. Tight ends, you're hoping for a touchdown if you're starting Cook, and that's really about it. Yeah, I think uh, there's more to talk about for Washington because I think, for one – Gibson is a huge buy if his owner, because he didn't put up a ton of fantasy points. He had a couple of fumbles, but he carried the ball 20 times. And on top of that, he saw five targets um, and McKissick only saw one target and one carry. So that usage, you know, and McKissick may be more involved in other games, especially now with the quarterback situation. But I think, you know, if Gibson's going to touch the ball 25 times a game, he's going to be a monster this year. So I think he's definitely a buy if, if, you know, the owners maybe can't see past, you know, the, the total fantasy points he put up this week. And he still didn't have a bad fantasy week. I mean, right, not, right. He was a bust. I mean, just you like the problem is like in fantasy, you get so excited for these, you know, these 35 point games where like you get disappointed if you got to get you like 16. Like it's like, oh, like that's it. But like you still got to be grateful for that. So it's like that's still a pretty good week. Um, thought he had a good week. Um, I mean, the kid can play. It's not going to be off the field very much. Um, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, if somebody's worried about Antonio Gibson, then I don't really know what we're doing here. Yeah, I think I'm a little more worried about Terry McLaurin. Not worried. I think he's still going to be like a wide receiver, you know, similar to what he was last year. But I had him, you know, as a potential like top 10 guy this year with Fitzpatrick. And now we're just back to to where we've been with him and Heineke. Well, maybe I have more to say on this than I should, but since I can't be fired, um, (laughs) the reality is, is that battle was a lot closer than what people wanted. And half the locker room was mixed. Like, I mean, like a lot of the guys loved um, Taylor. Um, So, I mean, he can play. He's going to go out there and let it rip. Um, And, I mean, he's going to throw the ball to Terry McClellan. I mean, like he knows like his best player is 17. And then his second best player is 24. And you throw to those two guys first. He's not stupid. Um, I mean, Ron Rivera, I mean, you've seen how he coaches. I mean, you kind of know what to expect. Um, I'm not really worried about Terry McLaurin. I mean, yeah, like last week was an example of like a bad week. If that's what a bad week, you're getting like 10 points and his quarterback gets hurt midway through the game. I'm fine with that. I mean, you, Terry McLaurin's going to ball. Um yeah, I think I just I've seen him play with so many bad quarterbacks and be successful that now that I've got one that he 
he's got one now that he believes in. You know, I mean, he believed in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Don't get me wrong, but like Heineke, like brings the swag that people, you know, Fitzpatrick has brought to other places. Like Fitzpatrick, when he got there, it was kind of like the owner of the veteran, like trying to be a leader. Like he wasn't there to, you know, have fun anymore. So like, it's a different role. Like Heineke's still there and, you know, have fun and ball. And, you know, that locker room still loves Heineke. So I expect him to come out there and, you know, give it a rip because I mean, that, that starting job was a lot closer than what they'll ever publicly admit. Yeah, that's what I heard. And, and I, I think Heineke has a, you know, a shot to be, have some success and stuff. I was just looking forward to Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is not afraid to let it fly. I see it going one of two ways um, with um, Washington this year. Um, One of two is Taylor comes out there and he plays well and, you know, they scrap for a playoff spot and, you know, they, you know, they get in the playoffs and they probably lose in the first round a wild card, you know, dog fight, or he goes out there and he can't play and it's an absolute shit show. Um, and they lose a whole lot of games, you know, maybe they end with the top five pick. Um, I think right now he knows a lot's writing on this, but the problem is there's such little expectations with him that even if he does play well, there's still going to be questions with the quarterback. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, maybe Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell or Deshaun Watson, you know, barring legal concerns ends up in Washington. And, you know, I mean, like at that point, like for a dynasty perspective, you better never have been worried about Terry McLaurin, but in a yeah. redraft, I mean, you're talking next week. No, I'm not worried. I mean, like, I don't think anybody should be. I agree. And Heineke, for the record, was 11 of 15, 122 yards. Um, He played a really, really solid game. So um, I think he's definitely worth looking into in like two quarterback leagues and stuff like that. But um, speaking of quarterbacks, I feel like we have to talk about Jalen Hurts um, sooner rather than later. He was I mean, he looked the part, did he not? Oh, he looks fantastic. I mean, he was slicing and dicing and moving the chains with his legs. Um, all three of his receivers looked good. I mean, Devontae looked like everything you'd expect him to be. Quez Watkins looked really good in the slot, and Jalen Rager made a good play. Um, I mean, Miles Sanders is a really good football player, and, I mean, he's a great. he's been a great value all offseason. I mean, there was a lot to like about that Eagles team Sunday. Um, I went back and watched some of the tape. Um just because I was kind of curious. And I, I still think the Falcons look pretty bad. Um, but I also think, like, they, they weren't as bad as what I initially thought. Like, I don't think they looked as bad as the score. Um, I just think kind of some, you know, things happened. But it is what it is. Um, I mean, this is exactly what Jalen Hurts is, as fantasy quarterback. Um, he's going to move the ball with his legs and throw touchdowns. Um I don't really know I, what, what negative you, what, I mean, if you had to say something negative about Jalen Hurts' performance Sunday, I mean, what could you find? I, I mean, would say, I would say that his throws, but I mean, like, I would say that his A dot was only 3.6, but his adjusted completion percentage was 90%. That's incredibly high, but his A dot was only 3.6, but I mean, he still pushed the ball downfield. So it's not, you know, that's nitpicking obviously, but that would be. It's because people are still trying to find a reason not to like somebody after a performance. 
And I mean, he shut a lot of people up last week. Um, he did. Who do they play this week? They play. Um, um, I know who it is too. It's the 49ers. Oh, okay. Well, so this week will be a very big test. Um, I don't think the Falcons are a very good football team. And I didn't, I had the Eagles winning that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I mean, they met my expectations. Now I want to see what they can do against San Francisco. I mean, that is a hell of a football team defensively. And I mean, that's his first true test. I mean, it really is. Well, I mean, no, like last week was his first true test, but I mean, like, but yeah, here's step two. And I, I think he's going to be ready to play. Yeah. Uh, I, I won last week. And I mean, I don't see why that's going to slow up unless, I mean, something bad happens. Yeah. I, I started him over Russ. So, I mean, this was really like an ideal matchup for Hertz. So I definitely want to see it, um, you know, against a better defense, but I, I'm, I'm pretty much sold on him, at least, you know, as a fantasy asset. But um, Devontae Smith looked like a player. I mean, six for 71 in a touchdown. I think he's... Did BMI affect his ability at all? <laughs> not uh, not that I saw. The dude was every bit... What I was just told uh, that he couldn't play, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, um, no, we heard that a lot. We heard that a lot. We were told, you know, him and Jalen both, we heard that. So, um, but he he... He had a good day. I think, you know, as a dynasty owner or fantasy owner in general, you got to be pretty pleased with eight targets and just kind of what he did for the offense. Um, Miles Sanders, 15 carries, 74 yards, but he did see five targets, four for 39. So over 100 all-purpose yards. I personally was a little surprised how involved Kenneth Gainwell was. He did get nine carries for 37 yards and a touchdown and a couple targets. So I, I don't know if I expected that many carries from him, to be honest. It could be a combination of the fact that, I mean, they were up and they were just trying to, uh, you know, milk the clock a little. Um, I, I don't – I mean, like, Miles Sanders looked great. Kenneth Gainwell looked all right. Um, I think the bigger thing to talk about was the tight ends. Um, Zach Ertz, I don't know why you would still be rostering him um, in a redraft league until he does something. Um, he hasn't done anything since 2019, so just throwing that out there. Right. Um, Dallas Goddard, I mean, looked great. Yeah, he had four receptions, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he's the tight end one up there. I don't really know what there's – like, I mean, I don't really know why it's a debate. I mean, he's going to play. He's going to get targets. Um, he's a – I mean, if you're talking about a typical redraft league, I mean, he's a good streaming option. Um I mean, are you – like, how excited are you about those tight ends? I mean, like, are you, or are you at all? Because, I mean, like, I'm not really – Yeah, I'm not really excited. Like, I'm not as excited as Matt was about Goddard. It's just – it's Ertz. I mean, Ertz still played, like, I don't know, 40 50% of the snaps, like somewhere in that range. I just looked at it. He played 58% of the snaps. And, obviously, Goddard's the guy there. But, like, Ertz still affects him a little bit. And um, I just – I don't, I don't love Goddard right now with, with Ertz there, the offense, obviously Smith, Rager, you know, Quez Watkins. I just, there's a lot of, I don't people know. Feed. there is. And, and, you know, we love Hertz. Part of it is his, you know, rushing upside and things like that. I just, I don't see Goddard getting, I mean, he got five targets. I, 
I don't really see him being, you know, these elite tight ends that we look at, look at what Darren Waller did on Monday night. Now that was a different level, obviously, but 19 targets. We see Kelsey often, you know, around 10 targets. We see Hawkinson got 10 this week. I just don't really see that for Goddard. I mean, I don't see it either. I mean, I mean, they took Devonta Smith to be a target hog. Um, and Zach Ertz is still there just enough to be annoying. Right. Um, I think he's out of town sooner rather than later though. And I can't imagine he's in Philadelphia, like kickoff in the next year. So, I mean, obviously that makes Dallas Goddard an obvious dynasty buy. For sure. I think so too. Um, I would like to also talk about the Patriots. Um, and, I, and I don't know if that's where you're going with this. Well, I was just going to ask about while we were on the Eagles and, and Falcons, I was just going to ask about. Oh, the Falcons. Like, yeah, Ridley and Pitts. Um, no, I mean, I don't know that there's a ton to talk about. I mean, Mike Davis got 15 carries but didn't do much with him. Cordero Patterson outproduced him, but we'll probably see Gallman active next week. But really, I mean, Pitts' first game, eight targets, only four for 31. Obviously, I'm not concerned. I doubt you are either, but I don't know no, if you got a chance to watch at all. I think it was just a bad week. Uh, they didn't sustain very many long drives, so nobody's numbers are going to look good. Um, I think Arthur Smith is a good coach and I think they bounce back and have a decent performance, at least fantasy wise next week. Um, Matt Ryan has been in this league too long to suck that bad. I mean, like there's no way he just overnight got worse than Joe Flacco. Um, I mean, like Joe Flacco was always arm, you know, Matt Ryan has always been like accuracy and he, he didn't look inaccurate this week. He just didn't have time. Um, I'm not really worried. I mean, I'm worried about the offensive line, but as long as I throw the ball to Calvin Ridley, I really don't care. Yeah. And that was, I mean, (laughs) I think Calvin Ridley had like five first quarter targets and then they just kind of. That opening drive was like butter. It was insane. They march right down and you're like, oh, wow, Calvin Ridley's going to feast this year. And then like after that opening drive, like nothing. Nothing. Which is, you know, always frustrating when teams go away from that. But I, I think you're right. I mean, I'm I mean it happens. Really I mean, you have to understand Arthur Smith's first head game game as head coach. I mean, so you're going to practice that first drive. Yeah, they exactly. probably practiced that scripted drive so many times that they're ready to go. Yeah. Um, you know, then you get out to the, you know, the second drive and then, you know, you're kind of going off your game plan. And yeah, and I think game as a head coach, you know, a new yeah. scheme for everybody. There's some kinks that got to be worked out. So, I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I think really the game can react. get away from these first time coaches at times. They just kind of lose track of some of those things and it just kind of gets away from them. So I'm not really worried, but um, yeah, let's move sure. on. Well, I just, this week, I'm not sure is a better matchup. Like, I mean, I think they're going to get pounded uh, by Tampa Bay. <laughs> they are. So that is not a good weekend. Like it's, that's not a good defense to try to go figure out the kinks. That is very so, true. You may, I mean, like, I have concern about Calvin Ridley this week. They might throw the ball like 50 times though, too. You know, I mean, you have to, but the problem is to throw the ball 50 times, you have to complete passes. True. Sustain drives. They were not able to do that against the Eagles and the Eagles defense compared to the Buccaneers defense is like a JV to a varsity team. Right. So I, I mean, like, you know, another week, you know, they'll, I mean, they'll definitely be better, but like, I still have some concern. I mean, you're starting Calvin Ridley, but like, there's, there's some reason to be concerned, but it's week one, new scheme, new year. 
I knew everything. Just relax. Give it a few weeks. You know, if week four comes around and they're still this bad, we're in trouble. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right, let's talk about the Patriots, though. You had you had mentioned them, and and that's a fun one to get to. So I know you got some thoughts on uh, the quarterback play and and how that went. Did you catch uh, a lot of that game? Yeah, I did. Um, Mac sliced and diced. Um, very efficient. Um, I don't know how you can watch that offense and not see very similar stuff to Tom Brady um, at the line and, and the way he just – he. Matt Jones is not sexy, and he'll probably never be, like, an elite fantasy quarterback. But you can start him every week and know that you're going to get a bunch of yards, not a lot of mistakes, and some touchdowns. Um, Mac looks fantastic. Um, week one, I mean, that, Brian Flores really tried getting after him early in the game and didn't phase him. Um I, I don't know what max ceiling is. And if you're in a redraft, you know, 12 team, one QB league, you probably don't need to go pick him up. But like, if you're in dynasty leagues, like he's going to be around a very long time. I mean, like, that's my understanding. Like you watch that game Sunday and Chad, like, I mean, do you agree that like you can see that he's going to be there for a very long time? I mean, it's oh, yeah. fun and you could. Tell. You can mm-hmm. tell in the preseason. Yeah, some guys you can just tell, and you can tell with him. And I look, I admit I was not very high on him. Um, and but I've I've definitely changed my tune. I mean, he looks like he's definitely gonna be around for a long time and really fits perfectly with this team. Like he he definitely fits well with the Patriots and and who they are. It seems like it's kind of a match made in heaven. So I think it was kind of an ideal landing spot for, for both parties. And he definitely looks the part so far. Um, running back, they both fumbled. So they're probably, I mean, Stevenson and Harris both fumbled. Um, neither of them had a great fantasy performance. I mean, Damien looked good. It's just after the fumble, he kind of like got a little bit less work. Um, I still think that's going to be a nightmare for fantasy. Um, still not something I really want anything to do with. Um, I never really did. Um, Are you really going in about that Patriots running back after week one? Honestly, the guy I want is James White. And I know that seems crazy, um, but this dude was catching. I mean, he was an RB2 last, you know, the two years before last. Um, I'm I'm having some internet issues here, point of the box score, but there we go. So he had... Um, he had four carries, whatever, but seven targets, six for 49. He was tied with Aguilar for the second most targets. Um, you know, he had tied for the team lead in receptions and was second in receiving yards. And I think Mac's going to rely on him a lot. And I just think people are undervaluing him and quickly forgot just how good he was a couple years ago with Brady. I'm trying to find his fantasy finishes. Because it, it was kind of surprising to me. Looking I believe back in 2019, thinking, he was an RB1. Yes. No, so he was, he was RB7 in 2018 yeah. and then RB18 in 2019. So, yeah, RB1 and then RB2. And like, I don't think that'll ever happen again. No, no. But, I mean, he's still a viable flex in PPR league. For sure. So, I'm just like, I feel like people have just kind of forgotten about him. So, I'm trying to buy him as like a cheap flex option. Um but in terms of Harris or Stevenson, 
I mean, Harris is definitely the guy to own, but like, I don't know if I really care to own him all that much. Um, I really want to know. None of the pass catchers really looked, you know, like nobody was like, oh my God, like, wow, he's clearly the best guy on the field. I mean, like, John Lewis Smith was the most dynamic when he touched the ball, which was very far and few between. Um, I don't know. I mean, pass catchers, it might still be ugly for a while until they get somebody like really good in there. Yeah. And I did notice that um, John who was moving around the formation a lot, lining up, you know, in the backfield and things like that, which is, is not surprising and kind of, I guess, just encouraging for his overall usage. I mean, like he's a wide receiver for them who can also play tight end. Right. Um, and that goes a long way in personnel and advantages. And so I get why they have him all over the field in that way. But I mean, he just didn't, I mean, none of them ever look, you know, like, wow. Like maybe they can call Julian and then coach the wide receivers because whoever the wide receivers coaches can't develop talent. Yeah, and I mean, Jacoby Myers is kind of the guy that I think most people had their eye on. He had nine targets, six for 44, and he didn't look, like you said, I mean, he didn't pop off the screen. Aguilar had 72 yards and a touchdown. He he might be the guy to own there. I guess he, you know. We probably need another week. Yeah. I would just kind of like mark this week and kind of see if you find a trend next week because um, it's a new quarterback. They're all new weapons. so For sure. Um, but to a crew, I don't know if we're gonna hit all the games. I mean, we're coming up to close to an hour or 45 minutes, but to a he looked all right. I mean, he, he didn't put up a ton of fancy points. I mean, I don't know if you ever expect him to be an elite fantasy option, though, do you? No, and I just I look at this offense and I just don't know who I'm comfortable playing like who am i really wanting i would to like play? to see what he looks like this week with will fuller because yeah will fuller makes a big difference that's a good point um because none of i mean jalen waddle looked all right but nobody else was like oh my god like wow he's making plays either it was kind of just like a bunch of i mean jag central really yeah i mean you got parker who can play but like he's not a guy that you're really that interested up in. until his decent year he was a bust and he right yeah I mean, Tua gave you 18 points last week. I mean, he had a horrible invite last week. Or, I mean, interception. Um, Yeah, and even the running backs. I mean, Gaskin is kind of the guy, right? But even then, he only got nine carries, and he did see five targets. But, you know, Malcolm Brown and Ahmed were both had, you know, they each had a handful of touches as well. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, Miles Gaskin is the best player, but he's it's a committee. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll have decent weeks. He'll never be an RB1. He'll, he'll finish the year as an RB2. Um, he's an all right player. Um, yeah, I mean. I don't just know how excited I am about any of these weapons and not named Jalen Waddle. And even Jalen Waddle, like, I'm excited, but I just don't – I don't know because I don't know about the quarterback still. Right. Yeah. And I think that's fair. And um, the Tua tight ends, I mean, I mean, Tua had his, I mean, Tua was up and down Sunday. I mean, he definitely had some of his moments. And then some of his, like, what the, f- I, what, like, moments. So it's week one. I mean, like, 
you look at it, you learn from the tape and you move on. But if you continue to see trends, that's when you get worried. So, yeah. Like, because I think, you know, like one's a dot, two's a trend, three's a line. Right. Well, I think, you know, everything this week, which you is why I think this week is so important to cover every, every team. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, I think we can just, I think we've said enough about the Dolphins, honestly. Gesicki, two targets, no catches, yeah. whatever. Um, one of the other games I want to talk about, I mean, the Packers were just a dark hole, obviously, but the Saints and Jameis, uh, I guess, I don't know, what do you make? Like, Jameis didn't throw for a ton of yards. He only threw for 148, but he tossed five touchdown passes. What do you make of this offense in that game? I don't know. I mean, like, I kind of expected it. Like, I kind of thought Jameis was going to come out and have a good week, week one. I mean, like, I invested in, you know, the Jameis sit and learn program two years ago when he, he, he signed there. So I was obviously a little biased, um, but he looked good. I mean, like, it's hard to say with such a small sample size. I mean, the Packers were so bad that you didn't really get good tape on anybody um, on that game. I mean, I, I, I kind of think with, with the saints, you're encouraged, you know, it's like, Hey, like Alvin Kamara is still a dude um out Callaway I mean he got locked down by the best quarter in the league there's nothing you can do about that um I mean I just kind of think you get excited and you plan to start him next week but temper expectations because he's not gonna throw five touchdowns every week for only like 105 yards I mean that's kind of the reality of it um and Camara I mean Camara's Alvin Camara I mean do we really need to say anything else I don't think so um Tony Jones was he was Pretty involved. Effective. He'll never yeah. really. I mean, you're hoping for a touchdown, right? Um, and typically, you, in the goal line, they bring in Alvin Kamara, who's been the best goal line back since he entered the NFL. Um, wide receivers. I mean, Deontay Harris caught the long ball. Um, he only had two targets. Uh, so, I mean, you can pick him up. He's worth a flyer. But I mean, two targets. Um, I mean, maybe he'll get more volume if they have to throw more, but. It's encouraging. Um, Callaway, I mean, I think everybody kind of knew that was going to happen. Um, yeah, that's to be expected. I'm I'm still if, holding That's not a shot on Callaway. Like, that, that's a tip of the cap to Mr. Alexander up there. That is a hell of yeah. a football player. So people can't be coming out there and saying that against him. I mean, how about, I don't how really about Juwan Johnson? I'm, I mean, he only played 19% of the snaps. Uh, obviously, he's three. touchdowns. Two touchdowns on three targets. Uh, but I think, I mean, I, I just never been that high on Troutman, and I think this team needs pass catchers. I wouldn't be surprised if Johnson's role grows. And I mean, he's kind of playing the touchdown game with these tight ends anyways, right? Yeah, I mean, in redraft, I'm not picking him up. I mean, like I, want to, like I said, like it's a dot. Like I'll take notice. Right. Um, in Dynasty, like if I have a spot, I'll go pick him up. Um but, I mean, it wasn't a high volume, but if he's going to be the red zone tight end and go up and t- catch touchdowns, if you can start a guy and know that you're going to get, you know, maybe four or five red zone targets. Right. That's worth a flyer every week. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be, you know, a tight end one or anything, but. I agree. Two touchdowns. And help, I mean, the, the reality is, I mean, he'll catch two touchdowns week one and then we'll never hear his name again. But I mean, you pick him up on the case that you know, it becomes a regular thing. I mean, like that's how Jimmy Graham got his career started. 
Right. And he's, I mean, he's a converted, converted wide receiver, which, you know, we've, we've seen that success story a few times now, but you're right. I mean, it's just kind of a deep dynasty guy. I think uh, I want to talk about my guy that I've been pounding the table for all off season. That's TJ Hawkinson, a whopping 10 targets. Wait, he only saw... we, we skipped the Packers. Um, I just want to say with the Packers, oh, go ahead. Um, throw it away. I watched the Pat McAfee show today. Like I was doing Aaron Rodgers on there and kind of just ex- explained kind of what happened. It was interesting. If you want to go pull that up, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube somewhere. Uh, Packers, everybody's, in my opinion, just fine. Um, if they come out next week against the Lions without Jeff Okuda and get this not kicked out of them, you know, like then we panic. But I mean, Devontae Adams still wide receiver one, in my opinion. Um, Rodgers and Aaron Jones are both, you know, RB QB ones. So just don't freak out about last week, but I mean, like kind of take note, but I wouldn't, you know, anything further than that. Yeah, I, I agree. I kind of skipped him just because I, I kind of assumed that, but you're right. Yeah. And I wrote, um, I write the, the weekly previews for those, those of you who don't know, go check it out. Um, with Rogers, I just wrote five simple letters, R E L A X. It's all you need to do. But, um, yeah, the Lions, I mean, I've been, you know, the Hawkinson looked exactly what I had hoped and thought that he would. 10 targets, eight receptions, 97 yards and a touchdown. Super, super involved. He, I think he only saw double digit targets in two games last year. So, um, you know, Goff, I think he's going to catch a lot of passes with Goff. His his A dot's probably going to go down a little bit um, just because you know, Goff doesn't push the ball down the field as much as Stafford, but I mean, he's going to see a ton of targets and I think he's going to be, you know, your tight end finish around tight end three or four. So um, pretty much what I had hoped with him. And then I thought Swift basically looked like Alvin Kamara out there. I mean, that, that comparison, you know, he got 11, he led the team in targets with 11 and rushing attempts with 11 each. I thought he was, I thought Swift was, I've been concerned about him, not the talent and just kind of the situation, but man, I thought he looked really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you on TJ Hawkins and I mean, he's a star. He's the best player on the team. Um, he's going to eat um, DeAndre Swift. I kind of agree with you. Um, no issue with anything you said there. Um, Jared Goff, he'll be at QB too. Um, he looked horrible in the first, 35 minutes, 45. Well, it was first like 55 minutes, but you get my point. Right. Um, For me, I just like the fact that the Lions didn't give up yesterday or Monday, Sunday, and they continue to fight, which can always be a good sign for fans. And that also tells me they like the coach. Right. So, I mean, I think things are going well in Detroit. They may not win a very lot of games. I mean, they don't have a lot of talent on that team either. So, it is what it is, but go ahead, Chad. Talk about the wide receivers in Detroit. I don't – You. I was actually going to skip this. You don't this want guy. it? I, I mean, no. come on. Come on. You, no, I mean, like, you have waited, and Quintez Sevis catches a touchdown, and it's you and I. I mean, you're on this – I mean, you might as well – I mean, take your All life. Right. He, he did – he caught a touchdown. Um, he did see seven overall targets, but he really wasn't on the field – that much i think he saw where is it i just had it 
uh, 35% of the snaps. Like he was behind Trinity Benson, who they just got from the Broncos, but before, you know, the season in between preseason and the regular season, like, so he's, I mean, he's pretty far down. I don't think he's a guy I've given up on him in like shallower leagues that I, you know, may have been holding him. I still keeping him in, in deeper leagues, but He's really just you hope he can scratch and claw his way back into the good graces of the coaching staff and get on the field more. But, you know, at this point, I'm not really too interested in any of these wide receivers. I thought, you know, Amon Rob was okay, He was fine. Tyrell Williams made some plays, but like whatever, you know, I I don't think there's any pass catchers outside of Hawkinson and Swift that you really want to want to be playing. No, I think they end up with the top ten pick, and they take a they, they, they'll take a playmaker, right? Um, they have a great offensive line. Um, Panay Sewell and um, somebody else, um, somebody else up on the Detroit's offensive line graded out as the number one overall offensive lineman, not named Piston Panay Sewell. For some reason, I can't remember who that is, but their offensive line was decent, and they need weapons. Um, I'm not excited about any of those guys in Dynasty, like you said. So, I mean, we can kind of just move on, really. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good with that. Um, shocking stuff from the 49ers, right? I mean, Trey Sermon inactive and Ayuk didn't even play, I don't think, until the second quarter. And even then, he played very sparingly and and wasn't targeted at all. Um, I don't – the Trey Sermon – that's concerning, um, but not, I guess, too much. I mean, like, think about Kyle Shanahan and his best players are going to play. Um, and I, Elijah I think he's been better than him. So I don't know if he, like, I think right now the fantasy community is so caught up in the draft capital of, you know, Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell. Like, it clearly it doesn't matter to coach what they're, where they were drafted. So I don't know if Trey Sermon being activated is a threat to Elijah Mitchell. I mean, like, I think right now Elijah Mitchell is the starter until dethroned. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think there's, I think there's a couple things. I think for one, I don't think Sermon plays special teams where the other backs do. So I think that's probably part of it and what people forget in terms of like game day inactives. I also think sometimes I think Shanahan wants to create this, this culture and this persona that obviously, I mean, every coach wants this, but you have to come in, you have to earn your shit. Like Bill Belichick, right? Like if you go play there, you know, you got to do it his way or else he's not going to put up with your shit. You're just not going to play. And so I think Shanahan sometimes tries to create this thing where he's like, look, you're Brandon Ayuk, man. You're our wide receiver one. I don't care. Like you haven't been performing well. You haven't been working hard. Same with Trey Sermon. You're a third round pick. We trade up for whatever, we'll play this six rounder over you because you're maybe not practicing hard enough or whatever. There's something like that. So, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, Sermon and Ayuk are going to get their shots this year. So I'm, I'm still. There's too much invested in those guys not to. Right. It's just the fact that week one, both like, you know, and like they come out after the game. Oh my God, it was Brandon Ayuk's hamstring, and we saw right. we all again. Like, like I love how like right after the game starts, all these beat reporters come out. Oh yeah, we saw this a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah, it's like really shut the fuck up. No, you didn't. Like, right? You know, like you're like there's so many people so full of shit 
I mean, the only person, the only reason I knew who this Sherfield guy was was because in my home dynasty league, Brian picked him up, and I jokingly put the Snoop Dogg who gift. <laughs> <laughs> nobody yeah nobody knows yeah, nobody, like, nobody knew, knew who he was there was nobody, nobody hyping him up there's no beat, beat reporter telling you to go pick up gary sheffield or no not the whole, you know you get my point i mean right, the, right. the whole point is i don't i mean like probably just a one one week one fluke with um those guys um the trey sermon's gonna play this week i mean raheem most done for the year uh, so, I mean, you'll see what you got in Trey Sermon this week. Um, I imagine Elijah Mitchell will start over him just based on performance and the fact that he was over him. Um, it'll be interesting. Time, it'll be interesting to see, Sir, like, Sermon versus Hasty, who's kind of second in line next week. That's but. true, too. My guess would probably be they fall similar in line to how they were in a game last week. He just yeah. next man up. And Trey Sermon was apparently the fourth or fifth best running back on the team. Um, yep. And that's fine. I mean, like some guys learn slower. I mean, like he wasn't a star right away at Oklahoma. So we had to transfer to Ohio State where he still wasn't even a star until late in the playoffs last year. So, right. I mean, like some guys are just slow learners. I mean, Elijah Mitchell's got blazing speed. The kid can run a 4 3 nine, 40. So, I mean, like he's going to get his opportunities. Uh, so, I mean, I'm spending a hefty chunk of fab on Elijah Mitchell tonight. Um and I would waste my waiver claims on him in those leagues and stuff. And he's absolutely worth the flyer. The worst part is I had Elijah Mitchell and then I dropped him. And then that's, week one comes out awesome. and he's the starter. Cause like I had some, like my team's like, you know, it's like you're going through your final cuts and it's like, For Oh sure. my God, you know, would you rather have Amir Smith, Marset or Elijah Mitchell? And it's like, but you get, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I liked Elijah Mitchell as a prospect. I liked him a like, lot, too, coming in. I was like, oh, shit. It's like their sixth running there, back, right? Like Six-round <laughs> pick, you know, like, you know, like, there's there was every excuse to fade this kid. Mm-hmm. But and here he is. And here he is, week one, and he was clearly the best guy on the field. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of either Jarek McKinnon or Raheem Mostert. So, was, like, two guys Mostert, Shanahan loves. McKinnon was a highly drafted guy. Who right, right. I just meant like on the field, like oh, yeah, how he yeah, plays, yeah. but yeah, yeah but yeah. Play. I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere. That's the thing is, he may not be the starter for a long time, but I mean, the kid can fly. He's not going anywhere. Right, right. He's gonna be. He you at least earned himself a role. Him alone because injuries have never proved to be a good thing. Like that running back room in San Francisco, like there's something in that water because all yeah. those guys are walking injuries. So I'm hoping. Yeah. Sermon and Mitchell can stay healthy. How about Debo Samuel? 12 targets, nine catches, eight, 181 yards, and a touchdown. Certainly capitalized on Ayuk's uh, uninvolved. A couple of years ago, or maybe it was last year, Jason Moore, the fantasy footballers, said that um, Debo Samuel is like the candy dots. Or no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, milk duds. Milk duds, um, okay. You know, they're great when you first get them. And when you have them and they're fresh, they're amazing. But you better get them quick and you better eat them quick because they're not going to be good for long. Like, meaning, like, he's not going to be on the field. Because he's, dude, he is so good when he is on the field. Yeah. he's. But it's the keeping him on the field part. For sure. If he's going to play 17 games, he could easily finish as a wide receiver one. When he has the talent, 
I mean, I mean, clearly he saw what he did Sunday. It's just, will he? And so just, I guess, just in a vacuum, are you taking Samuel over ahead of Ayuk now, or who would you rather have? Just in a vacuum. Uh, damn, really put me on the spot here. I mean, uh, I, yeah, that's I don't a, want that's to the point. Like is, this is such an overreactionary take, but like, is it crazy to lean like in redraft at least, like Samuel? No, not in redraft at all. I would still choose Ayuk in Dynasty by a bit, but in redraft. I don't know if it's by a bit, but I mean, like, I don't care that he was drafted in the first round, and apparently neither does Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, that's true. Gary Sherfield outplayed him, and they tried to blame it all, you know, like, oh, he got worse, and hamstring. It was like, do me a favor. Go pull up his sleeper headshot on, like, Brandon Ayuk's sleeper headshot. He did, in this sleeper headshot – Guys, if you're listening, go pull this up right now. Tell me I'm crazy, but does he not look like really chunky in his profile picture or whatever? Or like, am I just was I just seeing something that day? I'm gonna pull it up right now because I don't, uh, I don't think I, I saw everybody to like kind of look because like I think. Oh yeah, he looked like kind of a little hefty. Yeah, he does. He looks like a power forward. He's but he like... looks hefty. Yeah, I noticed that the other day, and I was like, "Oh, well, like, like, because like I, you know, they updated all the the pictures, and they take a while to, you know, properly load every time." And I look at that picture, and I thought it looked kind of hefty. So he might be out of shape, you know, and that's why Shane out of shape, hamstring, you know, in the doghouse, learning how to be a pro. I mean, right now, I'm pretty worried because it sounds like he's in the Dante Pettis. You're never getting out of here. Yeah, but I think, I mean... I mean, we've Pettis. seen this before. Dante Pettis was, like, really good. Like, he could play. It's just, like, he got in his head a little bit and then, you know, got on the coach's doghouse, and then here we are. So... Yeah, that's fair. I, I think Ayuk is a lot better than Pettis, but you're... If yeah, I mean, again your this point's week, if, fair. If, if Ayuk comes out again this week and only plays special teams... And there's no like, oh my god, hamstring this week. Like, if he comes out and only plays like special teams, it's too late. Like, you're like fantasy football moves quick because in two weeks, you know, everything can change. So, I mean, in one week, in one right. second, like some guy can go down and grab in his knee, and you know what that means. So Based on what I saw Sunday and the knowledge that I have, I think I lean Samuel, but I don't want to think that's overreactionary. No, I, I mean, I think that's the, the point is it's it's a debate now, probably when, you know, a week ago it wasn't. So or a few weeks ago, at least um, we're coming up close to an hour. We may not get to every game, but just a few like the Bengals game. I just wanted to point out like Joe Mixon absolute workhorse role i think he's i mean he touched the ball over 30 times four targets 29 carries only one other running back got one target so i mean if his usage is that high he's an rb1 this year i mean his his issue's never been talent or volume it's always been availability uh if you got joe Mixon and he's healthy you start him and hope the guy doesn't go down and that's the same with every star running back yeah um but if he gets, I mean, if he's touching the ball over 30, I mean, not that he's going to touch Rams, over 30. Though. 
Okay. Yeah. Let's go. I mean, I mean, like you got at least, I mean, like, cause I had been talking about it all summer and I've been saying he's a tractor and you guys won't get off my ass about it. I'm not, no, I'm not the one Stafford. Well, when I say you guys, I'm talking about Matt, who's probably rolling his eyes right now. Like, listen, yeah, yeah. fair. Like, I mean, you're talking about one of the guys who is one of the best quarterbacks in the league and he got Sean McVay and you expected fireworks and you got him and it was fun. I mean, it was, it was really fun for me. I mean, I've met Stafford in like my most important leagues. I mean, like I was enjoying that, but I'm also kind of a Rams fan. So yeah, I just, I, oh, I'm sorry. I, I saw the chat message pop up and I, it was so, like, you know, I just wanted to, Oh my God. Okay. And I shouldn't have read that. That's, if people are listening, um, Andrew typed in like Andrew's listening in the background right now. And he goes, he's just a system quarterback. And he's only, so he expects good things. I'm like, Oh my gosh. But I was excited. I mean, 30 fantasy points. Um, I just kind of, what do you expect with Matt Stafford? Um, they can't really run the ball. Um, I kind of also expect that's why. Um, just don't even just ignore I, the I, chat. I like mute him. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I, that, I think they're waiting on Sony Michelle. Like, I think right now, you know, Sony Michelle, like they've said, like, he, this kid is still, still learning the playbook. He's been here for like two days. Like, give him some time because uh, Sunday they, they couldn't really run the ball and they didn't really try. Right. Um, so I kind of expect, you know, more running game here soon, uh, whether it be with the Rattle or Sony when he gets caught up. Um, I don't know how fantasy valuable those guys will be. Um, it was encouraging to see a lot of Darrell Henderson if you have a Darrell Henderson share. And he looked good. I mean, like the problem he did. with him is he's always looks good. It's just being on the field. Right. And I think they're kind of reluctant to give him more than, you know, that. He, I mean, he got 16 carries and one they target. they got Sony Michelle for a reason. Yeah. And I think they see you know, Henderson as a 1B. And they see Sony as a guy who can carry the ball 20 times. Yeah. And I don't know if Sony Michelle will ever have that, but I think that's what they see in what Sony Michelle could be. And Sean McVay's system is very complicated. So it takes time to learn. So he's, you know, you know, in a couple of weeks, you know, if he's not on the field, that's a different story. But right now, I mean, like I'm still intrigued with Sonny Michelle. Um, yeah. I'm not I agree. Pick him up and redraft until I see something though. Um, I agree. I think the most, important thing to talk about is the jacob harris thing you're punting obviously but van jefferson robert woods there may be something brewing there interesting Uh, they i mean i believe van jefferson at one point up until the third quarter was out snapping robert woods um actually i know he was they can't they were talking about it in the show like the game like it was like a graphic in the game um I'm not necessarily worried about Robert Woods, um, but Van Jefferson looked good. So if he's ascending, somebody has to descend. Um, and I mean, they spent a second round pick on him. I kind of think they want to use him as some this year. Um, I don't know about Tutu Atwell this year though, but I mean, are you at least in, like, I'm intrigued with what I saw with Van Jefferson last week. Yeah. He's a guy I was trying to acquire this off off season. I mean, like you said, he's a second round pick and, uh really athletic i mean his profile is is great or you know his metrics at least not necessarily his his college profile but his metrics are really great and yeah i mean woods 
Woods has never been a guy who like jumps off the screen at you, at least for me. And he's like always a good, reliable player, but he's not a guy who really jumps off the screen. And if Van Jefferson is starting to get there in age too. And I mean, like starting to slow down, you know, and Robert Woods best ability was always kind of speed. So he's going to start to lose some of that. Um, And I mean, maybe Van Jefferson becomes the two later in the year, but I mean, he's definitely somebody you're watching. And Woods and Woods and Cup are kind of like they're not too different of players. Van Jefferson's a bit different. He's a little yeah. bigger um, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about with the Bears. They're kind of blah. I thought Montgomery looked good, but. Um, For a few years, people just don't care to watch the Bears. Yeah. Yeah, if, if they had a good offense, Montgomery could be a, a real real player. He People looked start happy. to pay more attention when Justin Fields plays. So for sure. That'll be good for his fantasy value. For um, sure. Because, like, you know, that TV time, people want that TV time for the fantasy teams. That's I, real- uh, I, I want to talk about the Broncos real quick just because, uh, obviously, we have the two running backs, and I think it's important to note that they basically – they were dead even in snaps. They split them 50-50. Um, they touched the ball, I believe the same amount of times. And the only difference is Gordon ended up breaking off that 70 yard run super late, but until then Javante Williams was playing better. Um, but I think the biggest thing from this game is Jerry Judy getting hurt because he looked good. He looked really good. And now you have potential opportunities for, well, Noah Fant, his usage is going to probably go up. Um, obviously Sutton, as he gets back you know, to full health. But I think, you know, a lot of people are saying Tim Patrick is the, the, the guy to pick up. I'm intrigued by KJ Hamler. And I know he's not your favorite or he wasn't your favorite pick of theirs. And I, I agree with that, but he had a really strong camp. He's looked really good so far. He did drop a wide up, you know, a touchdown catch on Sunday, but he's looked really good, man. He reminds me a little of Emmanuel Sanders. And I think he, I think he's interesting now. No, I mean, like, I, I mean, definitely. I mean, I just think that wide receiver room as, you know, Sutton starts to get healthy may be kind of annoying to figure out who it's going to be. Right. Like, Fant is, like, arguably the guy now. I mean, yeah. he was already close to outproducing, you know, out-targeting Judy. And now Judy's gone um, for an extended amount of time. So, and I think Noah Fant, I mean, and clearly you saw after Judy went down, it was no, the Noah Fant show. Right. Um, I just don't think KJ Hamler or even Tim Patrick will ever be a volume target, like volume consistent enough thing where I feel comfortable starting them. You know, like last year, like you had them and you started, you know, Tim Patrick, you know, like there you had some good weeks with Tim Patrick, but. You know, KJ Hamler is in his second year. He's ascending. Um, you know, Tim Patrick is a good football player, but he's not better than what KJ Hamler can be. Right. Exactly. Um, so I don't know. I mean, he's definitely like on the watch radar. I mean, he's a good football player and he can run really fast. Um, they, they brought him there for a reason. I mean, he keeps that defense honest. So, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, you put, yeah. put him on the watch list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you talk about, I don't know, about what Brian Edwards. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, pretty much the only last few things are 
I mean, we didn't talk about the Thursday night game, but like that was just, I mean, we don't really need to because <laughs> of offense, Zeke looked bad, yeah. but yeah. The running game, you know, like there was no lanes to go, yada, 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 you know, it's been, over. Yeah. that's been the problem with that Thursday night game to open the season is like, since that's the only game it gets overanalyzed. Right. For but, sure. I was going to save Edwards for the end. The only games we didn't really talk about are Steelers, Bills and Cards, Titans. I guess my only question is, I mean, Steelers, Bills, Titans, offenses all looked bad. Cardinals looked great. What are your thoughts just in general on those offenses? Are you worried about, like, the Titans and Bills? No, I no. I mean, the Bills played a great defense. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> that was a great defensive matchup. I mean, those are two good offenses. I mean, like, those are two great defenses. You know, people are losing their shit about Big Ben and that Steelers offense. And I'm sitting there just intelligent enough to acknowledge that the Bills have a great defense and the same with the Steelers. So I'm not worried. Um, that's the toughest matchup for those guys the rest of the year. I mean, arguably. Um, so no concern there. Um, I think, t- I think Tennessee just got shell shocked. I mean, I think Arizona scored so fast, so quick that Tennessee never got the chance to like run their game plan and then had to abandon it. And I mean, their defense is bad, so they'll be in shootouts all year. Um, I just think that the Cardinals offense every year to start the season, it, you know, they come out with some right. new books and it takes time to adjust, and they light the league on fire for a week or a month or whatever, and then they cool back down. So, I mean, you know, Kyler Murray is a QB1. Uh, I never wanted, nor do I still want anything to do with that backfield. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is a top-five wide receiver. Um, Christian Kirk had two touchdowns, but I mean, was barely on the field. Um, Chris Rondale Moore was barely on the field. AJ Green looked horrible. Um, there's no tight end worth talking about. I mean, like that's the whole Cardinals offense. I mean, it's Connor Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, really. At least sure. Um, yep. I will say we had to, you know, keep an eye on Christian Kirk. I mean, he had two touchdowns. Um, he did have a nice catch. One of his touchdowns was a nice grab. The other one, I mean, it was wide open. And I mean, like everybody could have thought one, but right. Um, so, I mean, like you definitely keep a note on him. Um, they did draft him this second round. So, I mean, like maybe he's one of those super late bloomers in the NFL. It happens. I mean, he was drafted in 2018, didn't do anything 2018, 19, 20, but I mean, you know, maybe year four. I mean, it's contract year, year bust for him. So, um, yeah. I don't really have anything to add on on any of those. I did forget, almost forgot about the the Jets and Panthers. Um, Corey Davis looks really good as the Jets number one. I love Elijah Moore, but he obviously didn't do much, and it's going to take um, you know Corey Davis going to be the guy there for a while. Um, yeah. uh, Zach Wilson struggled early and kind of got a rhythm late. Um, I don't think that Jet team is going to win very many games, so. No, and the running backs are pretty. I thought pretty Michael Carter rough. looked good when they gave him the opportunity. He only had five touches, but he like I mean like I don't think Coleman keeps his job very long. I agree. Um, and then the Panthers, Darnold looked good. I always liked Darnold. I always thought he was a buy. QB two, good talent. CMC, he's back. I mean, what do you have to? I mean, like, what do you like? Yeah, congratulations if you own Chris McCaffrey. I mean, he's. He, still, he didn't he didn't score a touchdown and he was the RB1 by a fair bit. Like that just tells you just how good and just involved yeah. he is. Um wide receivers, DJ Moore is still the number one. Um 
Terrace Marshall did out-target Robbie, but Robbie had the big long catch. Um, so I think those two guys, you know, kind of battle out for what's left this year. Um, I think Terrace maybe is – I think Terrace develops later this season and kind of starts to out-produce maybe, but, you know, you just hope nobody gets hurt. So Yeah, that's a I agree with that. I, I think – so. Yeah, I agree. That is a fun offense, and I – I think Terrace Marshall, you're going to be happy if you own him later in the season. I'll just say that. So, um, all right. Without further ado, the Monday night game was insane. Um, Tyson Williams, Tyson Williams, Tyson Williams, however you say it was, I thought he looked pretty decent. I think, you know, Latavius Murray is going to get some run, but I'm not really interested in Bell or Freeman. I think Tyson Williams is probably going to end up being the guy there. Uh, Watkins, you know, early season Watkins is is a thing, and Marquise Brown looked good, but man, I just can't wait for for Bateman to get out there. But other than that, I mean, it was it was the Ravens' offense, kind of what you expected. Um, Lamar's Lamar, Lamar's Lamar, but um, his he hasn't. I mean, he hasn't developed any as a passer. I mean, like, and he, he's not a bad passer, but like, he's not. I mean, he is not going to sit back. And slice and dice like Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes. I mean, like he's not—he's never going to be. So I mean, he—he he can make throws and he can read defenses. He's not stupid, but he's not going to be a great passer. So I just wish people could move on with this that stuff. Even a lot of his good, like passes, are him getting out of the pocket, like you know, kind of scrambling out of the pocket. I mean, there's and, stuff that only he can do, like that touchdown pass. Yeah. He scrambles around, rolls, and then just throws an absolute dart on the run back shoulder. I mean, like, only Lamar can do that crap. So, I mean, he's not a great passer, but he doesn't have to be. When you can move like he does, it does not matter. I just pray to the injury gods that he never deals with a major knee injury. Because, I mean, I think he's one knee injury away, and I just hope he never – that's my knock on him is I don't think he's an, enough of a passer that if he has a major knee injury and loses some of his speed, uh, he could continue to, you know, that's my knock on him. Like he can throw the football he, and he's not stupid. He, he, knows, he knows how to read defenses. So I kind of wish people would stop about the narratives about that stuff. Right. Um, I think the, I think the running back room is going to be just an ugly committee. Um, Tyson William looked okay. Um, but that's because, you know, he's only okay. And then it's just a bunch of old washed players. So stay away from that. Um, and wide receivers. I, I also think early Hollywood Brown, early season Hollywood Brown is a thing. Because he always looks True. crazy here too. And then kind of fades off. So, you know, I mean, I guess I'll pay attention to the two performances and see if they repeat. Um, yeah, I reluctantly – I've – I've never been a Hollywood Brown guy. I reluctantly took him in a startup this this year, and I'm definitely going to try to trade him um, after this week. <laughs> so that's kind of how I feel. But uh, the Raiders, like, well, we could just talk about the Raiders real quick. Um, yeah, let's just end on that note. The, the Waller first half looked horrible. Horrible. I was, it was hard not to laugh at them. I mean, they were so out of sync. Um, stupid penalties. And there was a few times where you could tell based on the alignment that they were going to like, there was one that they drew up a play to take a shot at Brian Edwards and they get a false start. And they showed like Derek Carr pointing to Brian Edwards, like, fuck my bad. Like you really like, it was like my bad. Like, so I was like, Oh my God. Like I couldn't believe it. Like, so they changed play call. I mean, 
they looked bad in the first half. Josh Jacobs didn't look spectacular. Um, it's hard to get into a rhythm as a running back when you're getting pulled. Um, Kenyon Drake is going to be really annoying. And yeah. that was the concern. And Josh Jacobs had two touchdowns. But even before his second touchdown, he's, he had he had a touchdown and through the halfway through the fourth quarter still had below 10 PPR points. That's incredible. That is incredible. He's touchdown dependent and that sucks. Yeah, it does suck because I mean, we've talked about it before the dude, you know, has some talent just in terms of running the football and Drake's not like, I don't know. Drake is not very good at football. uh, Yeah. He's not a good football player, but the dude's not like he had like what five for five catches for, 59 yards last night. I mean, like, if he's doing that, he's going to have plenty of PPR value. Yeah. Um, Darren Waller's Darren Waller. Uh, he's not going to repeat the 19 targets again. Um, that's not going to happen. But, I mean, you can still expect, like, maybe 10 targets a game. Um, and then the wide receivers, um, Brian Edwards, man. I like that. that. I mean, like, that fourth quarter performance, I mean, like, but that's who this kid can be. I mean, he just – Derek Carr, in the most crucial point of the game, threw the ball just in the vicinity of Brian Edwards four times. And this dude came down with it every single time for 81 yards and won in the game. That was incredible. And, like, and then immediately after the game, John Gruden's presser, he goes, for Christ's sakes, we just got through the ball more to Edwards. I mean, I really don't know what else to do. I mean, the – it was, it was a slow start, and he was always on the field running routes, but, like, it seemed like he was a decoy. And then they started targeting him, and then the offense moved. And I don't know if that's really a coincidence. Well, it's not, and I think it becomes obvious. And I think – I can't think of a time where I've seen a wide receiver carry so much momentum or, like, a you know, a borderline – not like a star wide receiver, but a, a wide receiver that's trying to gain traction in a league have this, like, type of momentum, like – just the way that game unfolded at the end. And I know he didn't get quite get into the end zone, but man, that place was like electric. Twitter was fun. Like everything was crazy. And now I just feel like there's all this momentum around Edwards. And I feel like they have to make a point of emphasis to get him. I, the ball. I agree. And I, I know it's because like, you see what this kid can do when you throw him the ball, he, he comes down with it. Right. You know, the and most it, crucial moment of the game I mean, there was, I mean, the, the, he made some incredible catches before the fade. I mean, like, that was just an absolute prayer to God in the, the overtime catch that almost won them the game at like the five. Right. I mean, this kid can play. Um, it's clear to anybody who wants to watch football, there were, you know, analytics people, you know, Victor Lapin on social media at halftime. It happens. Um, of course. I mean, like, can we stop making Brian Edwards thing? It's like, you know, like, it's been three quarters of football. And then, like, all of a sudden, they start throwing the ball. And then, you know, good things happen. Um, I mean, I'll pay attention next week. Um, it just they have a horrible matchup next week. So, like, you're not really excited to start him uh, against Pittsburgh. But, I mean, it's one's a dot, two's a tread, three's a line. Pay attention next week. Because if he comes out next week and puts up, like, six for 85 and one, I mean, you're never going to be able to pay for him again. I mean, like I told you. I mean, yeah, like, he's, he'll be – yeah, you won't be able to acquire him if he does something like that next week. No, and especially against the Steelers' defense. And I just right. – you saw what he could do late game. 
and all of the big name wide receivers like in the, who still pay attention and are on Twitter, like Reggie Wayne and Terrell Owens and, you know, Chad Ochocinco, like, yeah, he's been jokingly comped to them. But I mean, like they were watching like, holy shit, this kid could play. Like, I mean, like it's clear to anybody that this dude can play and he's going to continue to get better. And you saw like, I mean, maybe he just needed three and a half quarters to get rust off of him. I mean, it happens. I mean, some guys take two weeks to get rust off. So, and I mean, uh, when – and people were out there, oh, Brian Edwards can't separate. I was watching him on almost every route. He, he, was, he was open all the time. He was open, and that's what I was going to say. With, when Carr's struggles, man, he just throws it in Darren Waller's direction. Like That's, that's why he had 19 targets. When Carr's like uncomfortable, he's like, where's Darren Waller? Just going to throw it in that vicinity. Well, either but, way, it was a great week for Brian Edwards, and we got to wrap that up. So pay it was Brian Edwards next week. Yeah, it was a it was a fun opening week. Um, of the it's a little long of an episode, but we tried to hit everybody. And next week we'll only hit like, you know, like the major standouts. Yeah, I think it's important not to overreact in week one, but it's also important to pay attention to usage and how these guys are actually being used beyond the box score. So we want to give you a little bit of that, um, you know, from a scout's perspective and kind of how these guys are being used and utilized and. Uh, like you talked about with the trends, we'll see um, if this stuff keeps up, but it's important to look at those things beyond the box score. So uh, with that though, that's going to do it for us. Remember, head on over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts, uh, daily content, like I said, weekly reviews, waiver wires, Thursday night previews, all that kind of stuff. Um, download the thrive app. FF scouts is the promo code. They'll match your deposit. And we'll see you next week in week two on the Fantasy Scouts podcast, where we bring you inside info you won't get anywhere else. Bye.